Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. It is a Wednesday here on the podcast. Kyle, my man, what is up? Hey, Joe, this is um, this is new, right? We're, uh, we're not necessarily bracing for a show, or we're not... <laughs> Hot off the heels of the draft. We're not studying film right now. Um, just kind of digesting everything that happened. And I, I know there's a big rush uh, from a lot of media places to, to throw out their full draft grades. And uh, I, I kind of like the approach that we have where we understand uh, training camp's not coming until July, right? So we're going to really take our time. We're going to be thorough with uh, – all of our takes and all of our reactions from every draft class and really give them due diligence. And that's, uh, that's a refreshing change for us. Yeah, it's cool because we have been pumping out content on NDTscouting.com. Myself, you, and our staff, John Ledger, Scott Bischoff, Roger Dixon, Elliot Christ. And we are really taking the time to carefully reflect back on these classes. And uh, I think I think what we've been able to produce has been really cool, and I've really enjoyed taking some time reading through it and also writing this stuff. It seems like in the past I've been very, uh, you know, catch my breath and then get into 2018, um, but it's really cool to kind of look back. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe and I, you and I are kind of splitting all 32 teams, uh, which I really love. Uh, we've done two days so far. You've done the Atlanta Falcons 
and you've also done the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, mm-hmm. I started at the back end of the alphabet. I've done the Washington Redskins, and today did the Tennessee Titans. And we're looking at specifically, out of all the picks, based off of our personal draft boards, uh, three categories. Best pick, worst pick, as far as value, and a player that might surprise, which gives us a little bit of flexibility and not, not be bar- married to our ranks. Um, Joe, you did Atlanta, and you did... Arizona. Do you have uh, a preference as far as either of those two draft classes just off the top of your head here? Yeah, I'd like to go with Arizona. Uh, I really like what they were able to do. I thought they did a nice job of both filling needs but staying to their board and not reaching. And so I think they were rewarded. Like I went into this draft and I said, okay, well, what Arizona needs to do is get Offensive line help for Carson Palmer. They need a, a weapon opposite Larry Fitzgerald. They need a cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson. And I'm not enamored with this offensive line that got Carson Palmer sacked over 40 times last year. And, you know, we're going to get heavy into these draft classes in, in the coming weeks. So I don't want to get like too into this. But what they were able to do to take the best player on the board in Hassan Reddick right there at number 13. Get a versatile defender in Buda Baker, who's one of our favorites in this entire class, and at pick thirty-six, get the get the speedy receiver, the compliment to Larry Fitzgerald in the third round, and Chad Williams, and then the offensive line help came at pick one fifteen, in Dorian Johnson, which I think everybody knows is one of our favorites in this class. He was a twenty-fifth ranked player on my board. They got him at one fifteen, and. I just love that. I thought that was a great way to address their offensive line where right now they're they're counting on guys like A.Q. Shipley and Cole Toner to start. And then you've got Carson Palmer, a statue playing quarterback. You have got to give the man time. And then, you know, Will Holden, who I think has a lot of versatility to provide depth, which is important because the depth of that unit is weak. And T.J. Logan, one of my favorite backs, an electric compliment to David Johnson. And then uh, then Jonathan Ford at the end of the draft, who is a really nice special teams player in depth. Uh, on the back end, and, and so I really just, I think you go one, pick, 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 boom. You know, this is great. This is a really nice job by Arizona. Yeah, and uh, between the two that I did, uh, I really, really like what Tennessee did, specifically because they came in and they invested uh, three of their four early draft selections. They had four top 100 picks uh, on weapons for the offense. And, you know, you can look over what Marcus Mariota has been able to do over the course of his first few years in the league. And uh, his red zone passing has been tremendous. He still has yet to throw an interception in the red zone. Uh, But now they've got Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor. I mean, that's my brand, right? (laughs) That's it. Those are my guys. Um, So so being able to, for, for Tennessee to come away with my top two wide receivers in the draft class, uh, Corey Davis as as a potential alpha Taewon Taylor I think is someone uh he's a higher ceiling uh player that I would expect to fill like the Richard Matthews role there. He's tough, he runs all the routes, uh he's got more juice, he's got maybe not as much strength uh, after the catch, uh but he's got better hands than Richard Matthews does as well. So I I think they they have a very legitimate chance to have two rookies be their two leaders uh, in their receiving output at the wide receiver position. You have to say that because Delaney Walker's there. Um, and then Janu Smith is a move piece. The uh, 
heir apparent to Delaney Walker when that time comes, and uh, uh, Janu and Delaney will be a very difficult headache for two tight end sets if they're going to flex those guys, play them uh, either flexed out into the slot or maybe go double H-back look, go, go double wing. It's been a long time since we've seen some teams go double wing, Joe. I'd love to see uh, Smith and Delaney set off the line of scrimmage, uh, get those guys isolated and, and rolling out into space, working from behind the line of scrimmage so you can isolate them on linebackers. Uh, Smith's a nice player. Uh, he, w- he was my might surprise from that draft class. Uh, Taewon Taylor was the best value. The, he went 72nd. They got him. He was 20th on my board. Uh, and, and I don't hate the Adore Jackson pick either. You know, they got Adore at 18. Is it a little early? Eh, sh- probably. But if he's their guy, uh, it, it's looking for a special teams upgrade. And then you, you piggyback off of that, and uh, they're, they're continuing to add defensive talent to uh, to the boundary. They really fleshed out their front seven, so now Adore uh, is a nice developmental piece that is going to have some splash plays early on with a very high ceiling in the long run. Yeah, and speaking on Jackson in Dick LeBeau's defense where it's a lot of zone concepts and and attacking forward with uh, quick quick uh pressure and and zones behind it you know his click and close i think is going to be a tremendous asset in that scheme but uh kyle i got a question for you man i got an answer for you joe when when can the readers when can the listeners expect your 2018 mock draft Uh, uh, in about (laughs) in about 10 months (laughs) man i drew the short straw with that yeah i am i am sure glad that uh (laughs) FanRag did not hand down the notice to me. I didn't get the slip that says, yeah. hey, great job with draft coverage, man. Now <laughs> start writing on the plane because you got a mock draft due on Monday. You know, and, and the thing, John Owning, he, you know, he's, I thought he was kidding. I literally thought he was kidding three yeah, weeks that's, ago. That's why you agreed. Well, yeah. <laughs> so three weeks ago, John sends me a text message. He's like, hey, man, uh, you, can you have a 2018 mock ready, the, you know, uh, on the, the Monday day, after the draft the weekend? And I'm like, draft. I'm like, I, and my response was, yeah, sure, man. I'm good at throwing darts. I thought it was a joke until we're in the elevator after whatever day of the draft, because it's a little bit of a blur right now. And he like reminds me that I have a mock draft due on Monday. And that means I have to have it in Sunday by midnight after a five hour flight back to Charlotte after, you know, all the work that we put in. So I'm, you know, burning the midnight oil here trying to get this mock draft done. And I'll tell you what, my 2017 mock drafts, everyone was pretty cool. You know, not a whole lot of crap. Some crap because you expect that with the mock drafts. But I took more crap on a 2018 mock draft released on May 2nd than I did for all of my 2017 mock drafts combined. And it wasn't even like, oh, this is ridiculous that you're doing a mock draft right now. It's like, oh, why do you hate my favorite team? Because they're, you know, you don't have them making the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings are making the playoffs, and you have them picking at twelve. And like the first paragraph clearly states, "Don't get mad at me for the draft order because it's the it's the Super Bowl odds currently." So direct your frustrations to Vegas. And then like Buffalo Bills fans are coming at me because I didn't get, have them picking a quarterback, and people are telling me with certainty that the Buffalo Bills are selecting a quarterback on May second, and I'm just like. People, get off your rocker. Let's have some fun here. Let's get an early look at the 2018 class, get an idea of where the team needs can be, and let me have a good time with this. But no, no, man. The people people came out with their pitchforks, 
And uh, you know what? See if I give you a 2018 mock draft again before midseason. Man, that was a, a sad little sob story we just got, Joe. Well, I'm just and, and I'm pushing. I'm pushing hard. Uh, I don't know what it takes uh, to get get that assigned to you. I'm sure the people would love it, but uh, I'm going to keep pushing. Uh, that's fine. You, I'm gonna. I actually just put out a very fantastic article today on whether or not Dalvin Cook can replace Adrian Peterson uh, for FanRag Sports. So while you're throwing blind darts at a board, um, I am am writing on. Adrian Peterson and Dalvin Cook. And Friday, I'm writing about Taco Charlton. So all of the dismayed Dallas Cowboys fans uh, can step back from the ledge. That's going to be money, man. That is going to be a a very popular hit. I've had a couple people ask me, uh, talk me down, because I I don't like the taco pick. And um, uh, you should like the taco pick. I'm a very big taco guy. Um, Me too, man. Burritos, talk. Oh, wonk, wonk, wonk. That's there's a perfect GIF for that, and it's <laughs> it's from our analysis of uh, Curtis Samuel from our our live stream last weekend, Joe. Chris, I, Sam- it's Chris Samuel. No, as much as John Owning wants the Panthers to take an offensive tackle, two thousand three, two thousand three, uh, it is Curtis Samuel. So, uh, so piggybacking off of that, uh, Joe, would you like to tell the people why you have the most ridiculous laughing fits of anybody I've ever <laughs> met in my entire life? I'm not mature. It's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I, I don't have maturity to handle stupid situations. And I don't think people realize this, but like the combination of me, you and John is not a good combination for like seriousness. And, um, so you put us together. We have to be serious. We're on a live broadcast of the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, I slipped up. And when John announced the Curtis Samuel pick as Chris Samuel, and my mind goes from explaining a electric football player that's going to help Camden create yards after contact after the catch, <laughs> and I have an offensive lineman in my head, you know, the chuckles came, couldn't get it under control. And uh, you know, as a, as a wise man once said, my my uh, my face turned the same hue as my shirt. Yeah, that that wise man was me, and that was the the funniest part about that for me was you had managed to get like you kind of chuckled, <laughs> and then you stopped, and you managed to get the entire first sentence of your thought out. <laughs> And then, for whatever reason, immediately after that, as soon as you looked back up at John Owning, it was game over. Yeah. And just lost it. And, um, you know, we have a lot of gems from that live stream that if folks did not get the chance to watch it, uh, we are probably going to be breaking them out over the course of the next couple of weeks. I still have to find uh, when we use John as our punching bag uh, to yeah. demo some tech stuff, some technique. And, uh, you had another laughing fit at some point, did you not? Yeah, I'm not going to like take the time right now to remind you of where that is. Um, so You're going to make me comb through everything, huh? Yeah, it's only nine hours, Kyle. Yeah, it's only mean? nine hours of audio, yeah. So, what, do you, what do you have to do right now? Speaking of, apologies for not putting out a draft dudes on Friday before day two. But... You had four hours of stuff to listen to, and we gave you another five hours of stuff on Friday. 
So if you didn't catch it, shame on you, because we are really proud of that. Even my giggle fits. Even your giggle fits. Uh, let's swing this back to NDTScouting.com, because we have some nice stuff on there. Um, Roger Dixon is currently doing short takes from every division. Uh, he's doing one a day. Uh, John Ledyard took the time to project sack production from the 2017 uh, Edge Defender class. Um, I think fun I mean, article. It's a very fun article because he goes in chronological order in which they're picked. And um, I'm a little offended by his Tyus Bowser rating, although I really don't consider Tyus Bowser an edge to begin with. He only gave him um, a 2-3. to three. And I just spoke through a hiccup, and that reminds me, that's what was the catalyst for your other game. Because you speak through hiccups, like, constantly. Dude, I'm, con- I'm drinking those damn Monster Energy drinks. Monster, if you're listening, give us a sponsorship, man. We yeah. bought your stuff nonstop on Draft Weekend. <laughs> we, like, had to hit, we had to hit a couple dozen, I, at least. I had at least six between... <laughs> Between Thursday and Friday alone, I had at least six. So looking at John's projections, he, he anything stand out to you? Uh, Charles Harris, five to six sacks? I mean, uh, come on, that's not going to happen. No, I think that will happen, actually, because I think those are the <laughs> only reps he's going to get. <laughs> he's going to be geared up to <laughs> to rush the passer. Yeah, that's that's the... The role they're going to put him in, I, he has Tim Williams is, I believe, his second or third highest projection with five to six. A couple uh, of those. And, and those are those rush specialist guys like Charles Harris and Tim Williams, I think, will both get between, at least five sacks because that's the only way you can use them early on, right? Yeah. Well, so, and, and over the last 16 years, like John points out in the open, there's only been 11 rushers that got double-digit sacks as rookies. So, like, it's very rare to see big gaudy totals out of rookies. Right. Uh, another one that I actually like a, a good bit is he gave Terrell Basham between four and five. I yeah. think that's realistic. Uh, I think I could see him even surpassing that. Um, what about Tak? He's interesting, right? Uh, John gave him, what, four to five? Was that his Four projection? to five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, Opposite I, I, Beasley, not a whole lot else. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think there's there's too many mouths to feed there for him to get that many, I think. Hmm. Because um, he's he's going to be a rotational guy early on. Uh, he's not going to start. I don't think he's going to start. Um, I think Vic is going to win a lot. And the interior push, uh, those guys have a, a shorter distance. They've been in the league. Uh, I think it's just going to be Michi at the quarterback, and I don't know how many of those talk is going to win. Sure. So fun articles, man. And then he did the UDFA piece. You know, some five UDFAs that can come in and contribute. A couple of couple of Forty Niners on that list. Yeah, uh, Katie Cannon undrafted. Yes. That that really surprised me. I'm I, I'm curious how much of that is bad hands. How much of that is Baylor offense, and how much of that is things we don't know? Uh, he's better than a lot of receivers. Yeah, that were he drafted. is a lot better than a lot of receivers that were drafted this past week. So that one stood out to me. Speaking of undrafted free agents, Joe, uh, you actually have the ability to hang your hat on the fact that you had zero uh, top 100 players on your draft board 
go oh. undrafted. A little praise from the boss here? Yeah, yeah, I'm giving wow. you some love, man. Wow, thank you. How I many did you have? I had, I believe I had four. Oh. You know what just hit me, Craps? What's that? Carol Phillips didn't get drafted. Yeah, that, and that's an interesting um, takeaway, right? Because, you know, you always wonder, what's a deal breaker for some teams? And yeah. you look at some of the guys that win undrafted, like Chad Wheeler. Like, I... I like Chad Wheeler, he was a top 70, 70 guy for me, uh, went undrafted. He had that psychological assessment and domestic incident, and he wasn't charged. Uh, but a lot of questions with that. And uh, as a result, he goes undrafted. Carol Phillips uh, had the, the fusion in his neck. He was a mm-hmm. tremendous football player. Yes. But a spinal fusion yep. goes undrafted. Uh, I think just think some of those are deal breakers that teams don't want to deal with. Yeah, there's layers that we don't always know about. Yeah. Like Ben Brayton. How does Ben Brayton not draft? Uh, how about Keonta Davis? And it turns out Keonta Davis yeah. had a bulging disc in his neck. Yeah. And yeah. that caused him to go undrafted. So, you know, if you're wondering, moral of the story is if you've got a neck problem, you're going to have a hard time getting a team to pull the trigger on you, first of all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a shame because those guys deserve to get drafted. Like there's sure. there's some guys uh, on our draft list that that we were particularly high on, or like uh, Jerron Jones. I like Jerron Jones. He was a top one fifty guy for me, uh, but you could justify him not getting drafted because he wasn't productive. He's not a good athlete. Uh, he's more of a football player than anything else. Sure, um, but then you see guys like Farrell Brown and Carol Phillips, and um, you know some of these other names that we talked about that that just go undrafted because it's just the teams don't want the risk of the medical, which is crazy for me. How somebody can use a draft selection on Chad Kelly? <laughs> I think there was a favor done there, but. Yeah, but that's not the point. You, sure. You're willing to use a seventh-round pick to do yep. somebody a favor? That's terrible. But you right. don't want to bring in a good football player who's a medical risk? Sure. That makes no sense to me. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put this out there. You can, take, you can take the cheese, you can bite, or you can move oh, here on. Here we go. Okay. Just going to put it out there. Storm, uh, uh, excuse me, Shock Linwood, Charles Walker, not drafted. Good. They didn't deserve to get drafted. If you're going to sit out a game, you better be a damn good football player, and they're both not good football players. Not good enough for that. Yeah, not good enough for the nonsense that they cause. And, and that's the general theme, right, is yeah. if you're going to, to cause a headache, if you're going to bring questions, you better be really good. Because if you're an average player, like Shock Linwood's an average running back. I think at the NFL level, he's not going to cut it. But at the college level, he's an average back, productive back. Um, no. Why Why would you? Why would somebody bring in a, a me-first guy like that? And, and that's going back to both of those guys. You can listen to our shows on Locked On. Uh, Joe, we both had the opinion that these, these came across as me-first decisions. Yep. Uh, and their the, coaches certainly the, said that. Yeah, to the umpteenth degree because they're not good football players. Uh, yeah. Another one, Cole Hickatini went undrafted. 
Cole Hick- yeah. there's no way Cole Hickettini should have gone undrafted, but he didn't he didn't test. And he's an average player. So now he's undrafted. It's- yeah, it seems like the missing pieces, the missing layers of the evaluation really impact these teams when they're deciding between players day three. Yeah. You know, yeah, this is actually good because I'm, I'm looking through our draft board, looking at names that went undrafted. Uh, Travin Doral went undrafted. Yeah. That was somebody that, Joe, I think you and I both liked a fair amount in the summer. Uh, yes, very much so. Yeah. And he had a nightmare season and a nightmare senior bowl. Yeah. Really shaky stuff. Um, Seth Russell goes undrafted. Yep. The ankle injuries. injury. Yep, injuries. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's something to really focus on uh, going forward. Uh, Devontae Fields, undrafted. Concerns. Yep. So if you are a one-dimensional player or an average player uh, and you're trying to project the draft, target in on those. Because if you've got questions, this is a great case study to say the NFL doesn't want your crap. And crap's not my first choice of word. <laughs> even yeah, even a guy like Corey Clement, yeah, who seemed to be past his crap. He's a middling prospect with crap. <laughs> if you've got the baggage and you are a middle tier prospect, it doesn't look good. And it's not and it's not just bad baggage. I mean, it's unfortunate baggage. Sure, there's some guys if, that you you can't help the hand you're dealt as far as injury. Sure. Um, you going to give me an I told you so on Channing Stribling or what? I would love to give you an I told you so on Channing Stribling. Um, Consider accepted. You know who I'm disappointed didn't get drafted? Go ahead. Dare. Agumbawe. Agumbawe? Yeah. yeah. I thought he would have been a, a nice late-round flyer. He's the cheap version of TJ Logan. Um, Bug Howard didn't, go on, or didn't get drafted. That was a bummer. Gerard Evans. Didn't go. Yeah. Didn't get drafted. Uh, he went to Philly, though, right? Is yeah. that where he went? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Damian, your guy, Damian Mama. Yeah, he's not my guy. <laughs> Him or Josh Boot. But then Zach Banner goes like in the fourth round. Right. I don't get it. What is life? <laughs> it's it's crazy. So so hat tip to you. I, I think the the initial discussion topic was you know hat tip to you. You did not have any players in your top one hundred that that were undrafted this year, uh, which is an impressive feat for somebody who's not trying to project the actual results of the draft. Um, I had Chad Wheeler, Kyle Callis, Tyler Orlowski, uh, and Hunter Dimmick. Oh, Tyler Orlowski, huh? Yeah, go ahead. That's all. You know, it, And I, Kyle Callis, man. Oh, I'm so, no, I said Kyle Callis. Oh, okay. Right. I just want to double. You double know, I'm, uh, I'm, I actually think, Another thing I found out this year about the draft is uh, do not underestimate the West Virginia Philadelphia Eagles pipeline. Tom, Tom first of all, uh, they always have representation there. It's their local pipeline. It's one of their pipelines. You've been three times, right? I've been uh, 13 or 14, 15, and 16, yeah. So I've been to three games. They have always had a higher up. There, not even a, like a base level scout. They've had higher ups there every single time I've been there. So last year they did Wendell Smallwood. This year they go Rasul Douglas 
and uh, Sheldon Gibson, and they signed Tor- Tyler Orlowski as an undrafted free agent. I love it. It's great stuff, man. It's it's like uh, Baltimore, right? Like Baltimore with Towson. You can bank on Baltimore going after <laughs> an undrafted Towson guy every year. Like they did Ty Smith a couple years ago, and it was the least surprising thing they've ever done. <laughs> ah, good stuff, man. Joe, do we, do we have anything else for the people? Do you have any any parting takes? Parting takes. Parting uh, takes for the people. Man, I feel like I'm on the spot. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad. I'm a lot of. I'm my mind can't get off these undrafted free agents. We kind of got on this. Are there are there any other ones that either surprised you or you're disappointed? Like, how about Harvey Lange? Yeah, did you see he got a he got a massive signing bonus from the Patriots? I mean, they paid him oh, like astronomical course they did. money. Yeah, they did. Of course they It's going to be a stud for them. I don't know about stud now. Stud. He's going to be really good as the third stringer to Kyle Van Noy. Okay. Did you want to talk about maybe Tanner Vallejo anymore today or Nathan Peterman? or? No, I'm not going to give you the luxury of talking about draft dudes guys that ended up on the Buffalo Bills. Well, I mean, I can't. I'm looking forward to our, our Bills recap from you because you really love this class. It is a they they did a night tell you what, I'm gonna sort it. Okay? Yeah, this is what I want to hear. Yep, I'm sure it is. Even though we did we talk about this on Monday? We can never talk enough about it. Okay, I wanna highlight the best pick that they had, which was clearly Matt Milano. <laughs> Great special teamer, man. Fits fits what Sean McDermott wants to do. That was not the reaction that you had on Saturday. Well, because I wanted Vallejo and then I got him a little bit later, so okay. I'm just flipping those okay. picks, man. Okay, so uh, I was livid in the seventh round in general, changing the subject. I'm not talking about the Bills, because the Bills, guess what, did not get any of my top 40 players. But they got six of your top 80? No, they got four of my top 80. But the re- all top 100 except for Milano? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there you go. That's what you get for Bills. Um because we were we were in a numbers crunch, Joe. We had the goal right. Uh, our goal was we wanted to have at least eighty percent of the drafted players that we evaluated that we evaluated for the two thousand seventeen season. And we went into the seventh round and, and we had eighty nine percent. Was feeling really good, and then the seventh round happened, <laughs> and. I mean, jeez, Louise. It was like two out of every three were guys that we had not done. And we had heard of most of them, but still, you're getting some of the names click through, and it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, like, like round three and round four, guys, we know of all these guys. We miss Shaq Griffin from UCF, Kenny Galladay, Chad Williams, Brandon Langley, Joe Williams, Samson Ibakwam, and Grover Stewart. By the way, can we talk about the the 49ers drafting Joe Williams when he wasn't on their draft board? Whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Did you hear that? Uh, I read the Peter King article. Yes. Yeah, so, I... so Williams wasn't on the draft board because he quit on Utah. And Shanahan just pined for him so bad that they they took him in the fourth. 
That's weird. That's an interesting strategy, right? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why you do a draft board. Yeah. Don't, aren't these conversations supposed to be had? I mean, like Kyle Shanahan didn't make that up 10 minutes before the draft that he wanted Joe Williams. It's like he knew this. He was going to do this. That's like ask for uh, forgiveness instead of ask for permission. Right. What? So I thought that was fascinating, that that was something that, A, even was attempted to ha- have happen, and that, B, actually did happen. That's wild. Yeah, so uh, Joe will be one of our expansion pack players. Uh, we have seven, Griffin, Galladay, Williams, Langley, uh, Joe Williams, he booked a Beckwam from Eastern Washington, and Grover Stewart, and I'm writing this into your contract now that every time I try and say Samson's last name, you have to say it from now on, Joe. I don't have to agree to that. 125th selection to the L.A. Rams. So, outside of that, uh, literally it was like every, two out of every three picks were players that we did not do. And it, it was play, some players that we knew very well, too. Like, sure. Chris, like Chris Carson from Oklahoma State. uh Elijah Hood from North Carolina, uh, Kofani Muhammad from Cal, uh, all good names, names that we were familiar with, Zane Gonzalez from Arizona State, uh, a Jamie Eisner favorite uh, because he's a fellow Sun Devil. Um, So a lot of names that we were familiar with, uh, Rulier from, from Wyoming, Yes. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie from Georgia was an early uh, entry. D'Angelo Yancey from Purdue. Um, and then there was just some names like, totally out of left field that we we totally and that, whiffed. And, that, and that's what's interesting about the seventh round. A lot of this is players that, you know, there's something that they a scout picked up on or a coach picked up on on a meeting to a campus. And it's really difficult to – to hit on all of these, but I think we hit over 80%, right, Kyle? We finished at 81% of drafted okay. players were in our uh, 2017 works. Yeah, I feel good about that number. Yeah, so. and that number was 77 for me last year. Yeah, we're, so we're 85 next year. We got this. We, we just need to pick up on the David Moores of the world from East Central Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, admittedly don't know him. Yeah, no, me neither, so... We missed that opportunity to watch some East Central Oklahoma tape. Man, what a delight. We got to see some Ashland this year, you know. Yeah, and... yes. Got to see top 50 pick <laughs> in Ashland tight end Adam Shaheen. Yes. Man. Weird pick, but wait. we'll get into that. We're going to get into all the teams. Yeah, we will. We will t- spoiler alert. We're probably going to touch on that one tomorrow or on, on Friday's <laughs> show. Because yes. Friday we are going to look at the worst – values in comparison to our draft boards in the 2017 NFL draft. And Joe, uh, you and I were not crazy about the value of a division three tight end that cannot block at 45 overall. Negative. No. Okay. So that is going to do it for us today, tonight, depending on when you're listening. We would like to thank you for doing so. Uh, Looking forward to running through uh, all of the teams specifically. Uh, We're going to be doing that over the course of the month of May. Uh, We have a four-week plan slotted 
where we were going to cover teams by divisions on draft dudes, uh, look at the players at each class, you know, that's going to supplement a lot of the things that you will find over at NDT Scouting as Joe and I continue over the course of May uh, to work alphabetically and reverse alphabetically through each draft class. Uh, and then shortly we are going to be putting out for NDT Premium members uh, some of the uh, full board rankings and, and comparing draft classes and scoring draft classes against our draft boards and, and telling you who we thought won the draft from our perspective. So that is something that sub, uh, premium subscription members have to look forward to in the near future as well. Uh, I am signing off for Joe Marino. I am Kyle Krabs. We are the Draft Dudes Podcast. We will be back on Friday, and thank you very much for listening. Suit up. Mission Impossible Fallout is 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the best action movies ever made. Showtime. Rolling Stone calls it off the charts spectacular. What is he doing? I find it best not to look. A thrillingly clever story filled with twists and turns. Target Ethan Hunt. We should be dead. Why aren't we? With an ending that will blow you away. We interrupt. In. Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible Fallout. Now playing. When PG-13 may be inappropriate for children under 13. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.